This is the Wikipedia page for $1 million Paranormal Challenge, Part 1. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Victor Varnado, KSN. And I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW. This is a thing that I heard about and I never really read about until I really dug into it in Wikipedia. So I thought you would find it interesting, like I do. There's an old man that keeps popping up on this Wikipedia page, and I I can't wait to find out what he does. Great. (laughs) Who is that old man on this Wikipedia page? Find out next on Wikilisten. The $1 million Paranormal Challenge was an offer by the James Randi Educational Foundation, J-R-E-F, to pay out $1 million U.S. million to anyone who could demonstrate a supernatural or paranormal ability under agreed-upon specific testing criteria. A version of the challenge was first issued in 1964. Over a thousand people applied to take it, but none were successful. What? The challenge was terminated in 2015. Wow, that's a long time. Yep. History. James Randi developed the idea for the challenge during a radio panel discussion when a parapsychologist challenged him to, quote, put his money where his mouth is. In 1964, Randi offered a $1,000 prize, soon increasing it to $10,000. Later, Lexington Broadcasting wanted Randi to do a show called the $100,000 Psychic Prize. So they added $90,000 to the original $10,000 raised by Randi. Finally, in 1996, One of his friends, internet pioneer Rick Adams, donated $1 million for the prize. The prize is sometimes referred to in the media as the Randy Prize. By April 1, 2007, only those with an already existing media profile and the backing of a reputable academic were allowed to apply for the challenge. It was hoped that the resources freed up by not having to test obscure and possibly mentally ill claimants would then be used to challenge high-profiled alleged psychics and mediums such as Sylvia Brown and John Edward with a campaign in the media. I find that problematic. Find what problematic? That they're trying to root out people who are mentally ill. That just seems kind of ableist and discriminatory. Yes, but they, they're not trying to root out people that are mentally ill, but also have psychic powers. They're trying to root out people who are ill-informed about their ability to have psychic powers. Yeah, just doesn't... They just don't want to spend money testing people who are crazy. Yeah, but... (laughs) I get what you're saying, because you're like a perfect example of political correctness. I understand. But I'm just saying that I don't think that this particular statement is all about that. Yeah, it's still still a bit problematic. You go, go fight those people. You go fight them. On January 4th, 2008, It was announced that the prize would be discontinued on March 6, 2010, in order to free the money for other uses. In the meantime, claimants were welcome to vie for it. One of the reasons offered for its discontinuation is the unwillingness of higher-profile claimants to apply. 
However, at the amazing meeting seven, it was announced that the $1 million challenge prize would not expire in 2010. The foundation issued a formal update on its website on July 30th, 2009, announcing the challenge's continuation and stated more information would be provided at a later date on any possible changes to the requirements and procedures. As an April Fool's prank on April 1st, 2008 at the MIT Media Lab, Randy pretended to award the prize to magician Seth Raphael after participating in a test of Raphael's psychic abilities. Very funny. Yep. Good times. Good time, Randy. That's what they used to call him. Ah, I bet. On March 8th, 2011, the JREF announced that qualifications were being altered to open the challenge to more applicants. Whereas applicants were previously required to submit press clippings and a letter from an academic institution to qualify, the new rules now require applicants to present either press clippings, a letter from an academic institution, or a public video demonstrating their ability. The JREF explained that these new rules would give people without media or academic documentation a way to be considered for testing and would allow the JREF to use online video and social media to reach a wider audience. Nice marketing move, JREF. Since the challenge was first created by Randy in 1964, about a thousand people applied, but no one was successful. Randy uh-huh. has... I, I, I get your disappointment. Randy has said that few unsuccessful applicants ever seriously considered that their failure to perform might be due to the non-existence of the power they believe they possess. Talk about delusional. In January 2015, James Randy announced that he was officially retiring and stepping down from his position with the JREF. In September 2015, JREF announced that their board had decided that it would convert the foundation into a grant-making foundation, and they will no longer accept applications directly from people claiming to have a paranormal power. In 2015, the James Randi Paranormal Challenge was officially terminated. R.I.P. Rules and Judging A little bit in here from Wikipedia. This article needs additional citations for verification. Please help improve this article by adding citations to reliable sources. Unsourced material may be challenged and removed. Find sources. $1 million paranormal challenge. News, newspapers, books, scholar. JSTOR, February 2019. Learn how and when to remove this template message. The official challenge rule stipulated that the participant must agree in writing to the conditions and criteria of their test. Claims that cannot be tested experimentally are not eligible for the challenge. Claimants were able to influence all aspects of the testing procedure and participants during the initial negotiation phase of the challenge. Applications for any challenges that might cause serious injury or death were not accepted. I guess if someone's like, I've got the power to blow people's heads up, they're like, we don't want to see it. To ensure that the experimental conditions themselves did not negatively affect a claimant's ability to perform, non-blinded preliminary control tests are often performed. For example, the JREF had dowsers perform a control test in which the dowser attempts to locate the target substance or object using their dowsing ability 
even though the target's location has been revealed to the applicant. When I put my mouse over dowsers, I learned that dowsing is a type of divination employed in attempts to locate groundwater, buried metals, or ores, gemstones, oil, claimed radiations, grave sites, and so on, without using a scientific apparatus. So basically human metal detectors. Sort of. It's usually it's depicted as people walking around with a forked stick that they hold on both ends and then they use it to find water. That's hilarious. I know, right? We got to read that page at some point. Yep. Failure to display a 100% success rate in the open test would cause their immediate disqualification. However, claimants were usually able to perform successfully during the open test, confirming that experimental conditions are adequate. Claimants agreed to readily observable success criteria prior to the test. Results were unambiguous and clearly indicated whether or not the criteria have been met. Randy had said that he need not participate in any way with the actual execution of the test, and he has been willing to travel far from the test location to avoid the perception that his anti-paranormal bias could influence the test results. The discussions between the JREF and applicants were at one time posted on a public discussion board for all to see. Since the resignation of Randy's assistant, Mr. Kramer, and subsequent changes to challenge rules requiring applicants to have demonstrated considerate notability, new applications are no longer logged. But there is an archive of previous applicants. Example of a test, dowsing. In 1979, Randy tested four people in Italy for dowsing ability. The prize at the time was $10,000. The conditions were that a 10 by 10 meter, 33 by 33 feet test area would be used. There would be a water supply and a reservoir just outside the test area. There would be three plastic pipes running underground from the source to the reservoir along different concealed paths. Each pipe would pass through the test area by entering at some point on an edge and exiting at some point on an edge. A pipe would not cross itself, but it might cross others. The pipes were 3 centimeters, 1.2 inches in diameter, and were buried 50 centimeters that's 20 inches below ground. There's more, everybody. Valves would select which of the pipes water was running through, and only one would be selected at a time. At least 5 liters per second, 66 imperial gallons per minute, of water would flow through the selected pipe. The dowser must first check the area to see if there is any natural water or anything else that would interfere with the test and that would be marked. Additionally, the dowser must demonstrate that the dowsing reaction works on an exposed pipe with the water running. Then, one of the three pipes would be selected randomly for each trial. The dowser would place 10 to 100 pegs in the ground along the path he or she traces as the path of the active pipe. Two-thirds of the pegs placed by the dowser must be within 10 centimeters, that's 3.9 inches of the center of the pipe being traced for the trial to be a success. 
Three trials would be done for the test of each dowser, and the dowser must pass two of the three trials to pass the test. A lawyer was present, in possession of Randy's $10,000 check. <laughs> if a claimant were successful, the lawyer would give him the check. If none were successful, the check would be returned to Randy. It's, it's certainly scientific. <laughs> it's, it is. It is scientific, which is great. And those rules are very specific, which is really funny. And I love the end, which is like, uh, by the way, if you, <laughs> you don't get the money, if you can't do it. Um, that part of the uh, rules, I think, is my favorite. The check would be it returned to Randy. Has to be said. All of the dowsers agreed with the conditions of the test and stated that they felt able to perform the test that day and that the water flow was sufficient. Before the test, they were asked how sure they were that they would succeed. All said either 99% or 100% certain. They were asked what they would conclude if the water flow was 90 degrees from what they thought it was, and all said that was impossible. After the test, they were asked how confident they were that they had passed the test. Three answered 100%, and one answered that he had not completed the test. When all of the tests were over and the location of the pipes were revealed, none of the dowsers had passed the test. <laughs> Dr. Borga had placed his markers carefully, but the nearest was a full 2.4 meters, that's 8 feet, from the water pipe. Borga said... We are lost. But within two minutes, he started blaming his failure on many things such as sunspots and geomagnetic variables. <laughs> two of the dowsers thought they had found natural water before the test started, but disagreed with each other about where it was, as well as with the ones who found no natural water. Sounds like loser talk, if you yes, ask me. Yes, it is. They were just like grumbling, those dudes. <laughs> Criticism. Astronomer Dennis Rollins described the challenge as insincere, saying that Randy would ensure he never had to pay out. In the October 1981 issue of Fate, Rollins quoted him as saying, I always have an out. Randy stated that Rollins did not give the entire quotation and actually said, quote, Concerning the challenge, I always have an out. I'm right. Rosemary Altia suggested the $1 million prize fund does not exist or is in the form of pledges or promissory notes. The JREF stated that the million dollars was in the form of negotiable bonds within a James Randy Educational Foundation prize account and that validation of the account and the prize amount could be supplied on demand. The money was held in an Evercore wealth management account. Ooh, in your face, lady. Yeah, lady. Rosemary. This has been the Wikipedia page for $1 million Paranormal Challenge, part one. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media at Wikilisten, except for Twitter, which is at wiki underscore listen. If you have a page you'd like us to read, please let us know. <laughs>